Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season of Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Kat Bogard, a fellow freelance writer who provides helpful advice and resources for creative freelancers. We both know Kat personally, and if you're struggling to pitch stories and land freelance writing clients, Kat's Pitch Pack takes the guesswork out of formatting those nerve-wracking emails. The pack includes eight pitch email scripts for a variety of scenarios, completed samples for each template, and some helpful tips to write pitches that get responses. For more about Kat and to purchase your own pitch pack, visit katbogard.com slash pitch pack. That's K-A-T-B-O-O-G-A-A-R-D slash pitch dash pack. Tell them Kaylee and Emma sent you. One of my favorite things to talk about around the topic of freelancing is networking because so much of my business, I would say well, probably about 90% of my business has historically and still currently comes through referrals. And I think that a lot of that is thanks to just trying to be a connector and networking with people. And when people say networking, I feel like that's kind of business speak. Really what it means is like making friends with people, oftentimes like participating in online communities or referring projects out that aren't a good fit or connecting to people who should know each other if they do similar types of work. So I think that that's kind of what that whole like relationship building concept means in a practical sense. But I want to talk about specific ways that freelancers can be better networkers and how that can help them build their business up. And so my first question for you is about referrals, about how networking has impacted your business. So I want to hear from you. In your experience, How much of your business comes through referrals and how much of that is related to networking efforts? So like you, probably 90% of my business comes through referrals in some shape or form. And I would say that it's all a result of networking efforts. But over time, it's really felt like, oh, these are just people I know. Like in the sense that I'm not thinking about them in terms of like, oh, I networked and then I got this job. It's more like, oh, someone I know knows that I do this. And like they're a colleague out in the space that knows that they could go to me for this kind of work. You know, I was thinking about a talk I gave at a freelancing event a couple of years ago. And the the focus of the talk was, it was called something like why relationships should be the lifeblood of your business. But I told the story about how when I lived in Boston, I was online dating. And I know that doesn't seem like, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't seem like the start to a story about like, how I get clients, but it is. So I went to this poetry slam with this guy that I should not have been dating. Like he was was like not a good fit, whatever, but he took me to a poetry slam. And on the way home, him and I are on the subway and it's like 1030 at night. And we ran into like some of his friends. They weren't people that I knew. And they, it turns out that they were founding a travel startup, which eventually went belly up, but that's not really part of the story. And 
they kind of said, oh, who are you? What do you do? And I, I was unemployed at the time. And I was like, oh, well, I'm unemployed. I'm looking for a job as a writer. I'm a writer or whatever. And they were like, oh, we need some writing help. And we exchanged business cards, just like ridiculous that I even had a business card on me. I think I was <laughs> on a date. <laughs> I think I was so sick of being unemployed and I'm ready for a job and whatever. I had them on me and we exchanged cards. And that was actually my first freelancing gig. And then I, oh. which like, it was like a crappy gig. And then I went and worked in house and all of this stuff. But the point of the whole story and what I said in this talk is like, you need to be who you are wherever you go. Because I think we have this idea of like, I'm only going to talk work and I'm only going to be a freelance writer when I'm, you know, at a freelance writer's event or a startup networking event or whatever. And my advice is always to be who you are wherever you go. And that doesn't mean you should be like putting out a PowerPoint presentation when you're at a friend's party. It's more... (laughs) It's more like you shouldn't be, I know, I I mean, I really don't mean that because people have this idea, right? Of like, that's what it means to be salesy, but like a really good sales for, I know you, you can't get over it. Okay. But a a really good salesperson though, all they're doing is just like letting you know that they have a thing that they do. And should you get value out of it at some point, like there it is. Right. Right. Yeah, I love that. And I love when you share your stories like that. I feel like it's so much more interesting than listening to me ramble about like, here's what you should try. It's just, <laughs> I would much rather listen to your your Subway business card stories <laughs> all the time. Anyways, back on track. So I think that you make a really interesting point. And this is something that my husband has been trying to drive home to me for years. It's that especially when you do this in an online setting. So your social media, the things you put out into the world, It's really helpful sometimes if you have kind of a lane or an area of focus, because then people will remember who you are and what you do, and you'll become that go-to person who does X thing. So yeah, it's great to like share your breakfast and be really personable on social media. But his point is that the more you can position yourself online as the person who writes about X or the person who works with Y clients the stickier that's going to be in people's minds. And it's easier for them to make those quick associations when they think, oh, I need an expert on X. Who does that? Or I need a source for this article. Who knows about this topic? So I think that that's kind of the same thing. And that's part of networking too, is like, who are the similar people in your community and in your niche who do similar types of work? You should know them. You should follow them. You should talk to them. Or even like, I would call them a super connector, which is a that's is that what they oh no, it's a supercharger. I was just thinking of what they call the Tesla chargers. The supercharger, the super connector. The super <laughs> connector is someone who always has inquiries and needs someone to send people to. So I have a couple super connectors in my life, and they are people that they're actually not freelancers. They work in-house and they always have people asking them like, hey, do you know someone who's really good at content marketing for thought leaders? I really need a ghostwriter. And she's like, oh, Emma Samasco, she's the best one out there. And whenever these people come to me, and it's really funny, they come to me and they're like, you got the greatest recommendation. And I'm like, I've never even done work for the person that refers, but we have this relationship where she knows I'm the go-to person for that thing. I always take good care of the people she sends my way. But, but I do think there's something to be said for like finding the super connectors and not like being 
gross about it, but it's not just about like finding someone who does similar work as you. It's about finding the people that are out there in the community that have all those inquiries coming to them, right? And they need to get them off their plate or they're often not freelancers, right? Yeah. And I think that there's also something to be said for just kind of the goodwill, call it good karma, whatever you want to call it, that making those connections, making those referrals generates And people don't often think of that being a business activity or like part of networking. But anytime you refer someone or connect two people who should know each other, that often, at least in my experience, comes back around and usually pretty quickly because it's just that the psychology of reciprocity, right? You do something nice for somebody, they want to return the favor. We're just kind of intrinsically motivated to reciprocate those moments when people are kind to us or helpful to us. And so... That I think is a really more concrete way to explain how to start a referral engine. Like, just be a nice person, try to be helpful, and try to be a good resource for other people. As far as I can see, like that for me, and trying to be a super connector has served me far better than any advertising, any like joining chamber of commerce, (laughs) anything like that. Sure, sure. Is is I think there's a a big argument to be made for being your own super connector, right? In the sense that the more people you know, the more helpful you're being in the community. And when, when I say helpful, it's not like, oh yeah, I do that work in raising your hand. It's about being part of, you know, some online networking groups and people have a question and you share your expertise. And, you know, one bit of advice that I've heard when it comes to networking and making connections too is like to be the only expert in what you do in the room. So if you, uh, let's say you are an ad copywriter, a Facebook ad copywriter, and you join a community that's for Facebook ad managers. They're not the writers. All of a sudden, you're like the go-to writer. You're like the only person in the community that can write those ads. All those people are managing. It's like, oh my gosh, right? Um, So I think that that's, a good question too is like, where are your prospective clients hanging out? And that can be like very broad, like, oh, I work for B2Bs. They're going to be on LinkedIn, not on Instagram. It might be something like that, but it might also be like, oh, there's actually tons of them in this like little tiny paid community about this one thing that we're all working on. You don't jump in there and say, hey, I'm the writer. I'll do all your writing. You just, (laughs) when somebody has a question you know, you're participating in the conversation, right? Yes. Yeah. And this makes me think of a conversation I had last year with Shep Gordon, who is kind of an infamous guy. He was Mike Myers' manager, Alice Cooper, Blondie, super connector in every sense of the word. And I really don't know why he agreed to speak to me, but it was for an interview (laughs) that we did for Fast Company. And it was really interesting. So he is known as the super mensch. There's a whole documentary about him It's really interesting. You should go watch it for sure. But he was talking about this idea of networking, like what it means to him. And so he has found that taking a really service-minded approach to other people and basically giving, 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 and not asking for anything in return has been the one common theme throughout his like super impressive career that's helped move him forward and continue to build his business, his you know, his network of people. It was just really fascinating. So he was talking about how even one morning he, this is so wild, but he was 
nearby the Dalai Lama and he offered <laughs> to, he offered to make him breakfast and he didn't even think he was going to get to meet him. He's just like, you know, I have this network of chefs and I, I know a lot about food. I would love to serve him and make this food for him in the morning. And so by offering to do that and not asking for anything in return, that's eventually how he got to meet him. And now he serves on a board with him. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that's like the... That's like the super outlier example, but it's true. I mean, it's the same thing on a much smaller scale is is what we can do for each other. Yeah. I mean, I think that being there for people, doing things because it feels like the right thing to do, because you really think you could be helpful to somebody, connecting people, as you mentioned, are like really good ways to start networking, right? And it, it is like, I think networking as a word gets a bad name as being like super businessy, but it's really about building relationships with people in the community. Yeah. And always get so frustrated when I was in college and I would hear people like out in the quote unquote business world who would be like, you need to build relationships. I was always like, what the hell does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, but it because it felt really vague to you and you it couldn't was. imagine. I'm like, what does that even look like in practice? Do you still feel like that? No, I think a simple translation is like, make friends and be nice to people. Be as helpful as you can. Do you think that you should be making friends and being helpful to people like in certain arenas or areas though, or not even necessarily? Not necessarily. I definitely think you can take a super strategic approach to it where you're like, curating lists of people you want to interact with on Twitter who are maybe thought leaders or people you want to work with. I mean, there are definitely ways you can be super efficient about this type of activity, but I think it also is just a matter of like, if somebody asks you for help and you can answer the question quickly over email, like it's a case by case basis too. Now, if somebody asks me to sit down and give them an hour of free consulting work, I'm not going to do that. But if there's somebody that I can quickly and easily help, yeah, I'll do that all day long. Yeah. I mean, I think I try to be benevolent with my skill set, right? Like if you look at it as like, I have the skill as being a good writer. So if a friend, family member, people in my world need help with that, I'm going to jump in and help where I can. And that's not necessarily hours and hours of free consulting. But I think if you sort of think of it that way of like, oh, I have a skill and I may be able to help people with it. And also like when you're starting out to be flexible about the work that you're willing to do. And this is more when you're starting out. But I think like that served me well for for when I was first networking. I wasn't like, oh, I'm a writer and I only specialize in this. I mean, now I'm like that. But in the beginning, I just sort of put it out there that I could kind of help anyone. And when I saw an opportunity where I might be able to be helpful, I tried to jump in. And I think so much of it is about, you know, jumping in and even asking someone like, oh, is that something you need help with? Right? Because sometimes people will like explain something to you. Like they'll explain their business or what they're working on or whatever. And you're like, oh, is that something you need help with? Because a lot of times we don't say that. We don't actually like put ourselves out there either. I mean, at some point, a relationship may take a turn towards actually being a client and giving you some business, right? Yeah. I have seen people be really, like I said, strategic about this, where they have referral programs and they have like affiliate tracking for, oh, right. for that type of thing. So there, there is definitely a systematic approach you can implement if that's something that you're like, I kind of want to measure the return on investment around these efforts. There are 
a hundred percent tools that can help you do that. But if it's really just a matter of how do I take some baby steps in the right direction? I think what you said is, I mean, as simple as that. It's interesting you bring up the like affiliate programs and stuff and finders fees, that sort of thing. Those things have never been very appealing to me. Not that I don't think people are really successful with them and you can take like a really strategic approach, but I think that that's an area of my business. Like I don't want to productize. Like I don't want to make me being a super connector or something that people are like making money off of. Like I want that to be just like part of who I am, right? Like it doesn't feel right to me to be asking for finders fees. And maybe that's just because of the makeup of my business. But do you offer anything like that? How do you think about it? Recently, I've had such high volume of referrals that I've been handing out. And there's been such consistent work that I've handed off to a few people that I have said like, hey, you know, I know that this is really powerful for your business. One person, and I can think of right off the top of my head, I've sent her like thousands of dollars worth of work. I'm like, is there some sort of arrangement where like I'm getting some sort of incentive off of this? Because I know that it's really just a matter of me trying to realize the the value that I'm offering and that I'm bringing to the table and, and asking for a piece of that because I feel like in the past I have not been really good at that. And I feel like it is a, a time investment for me to make these introductions sometimes. And when I know that they are definitely 100% panning out, I feel like those are sometimes opportunities for how can we partner on this and how can we make this more of a collaboration rather than just me being a funnel basically for your business. And so that's the other thing I think is important to talk about with this is that sometimes there are appropriate instances where you can say like, hey, let's set up like a referral fee structure or let's formalize this a little bit and make it more of a partnership rather than just me helping you all the time. And as much as I love to do that, like let's make this more of a business engagement because it is consistently performing well and and resulting in positive outcomes. I think it's okay to ask for that. What do you think? No, I think it's totally okay too. I think my feeling of not wanting to do it is some of it is like, I don't have the consistency that you're talking about where I'm like, oh my gosh, every time a project that comes in that looks exactly like this, I put it to this person and it's always panning out, right? I don't think that 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 is existing for me at this moment. I also think that I don't want to go through the motions of like trying to set it up and keep track of it because it wouldn't be worth it to me right now. Like if I say like, hey, if I get you this project, I want 25% of whatever, you know, I don't feel like I'm in a position where I want to even manage that or track that down or whatever. And that may just be the stage of the business that I'm in and what's coming my way. I mean, I do feel like there have been a couple projects that I've referred out that were good fits for me and I didn't have the bandwidth at the time. And I wish I had managed them differently. Like I wish that I had kept them within my own business and figured out a way to subcontract them and I just feel like someone else got to run away with the work, I guess, right? And that might be what you're talking about, where you're like, yeah, it wasn't work I was going to do, but like, it feels weird that I've made all this person so much money and I haven't seen any of it myself. Not that it's all about the money, but it does start to make you think about how do you kind of formalize some of it and make sure that it's working for all parties, right? Yeah. And I think when you get to a certain position and you have 
a decent volume of inquiries coming in, maybe that you can quickly filter out as not a good fit for you, but you know a great person you could hand those projects off to. So for me, it's content strategy work. That's just not something I do, but I have a tick box on my intake form where I say, do you have a content strategy yet? And if not, do you need help with one? Because so often I was getting to the point in these conversations where we'd get far down the road and then I would realize they didn't have that piece. And so they weren't ready to work with me. So it made sense for me to find a partner where I could say, okay, you're not ready for me specifically to start with the piece that I can help you with. You need this strategy piece first and here's who you should talk to for that. And so again, like that, the work sometimes comes back around, but sometimes it helps them get that initial piece in place and it's good for that person. So that's like another passive revenue stream for my business. It's not a huge revenue stream, but it's, it's something. Sure. And it's like a way that you can provide value to those people that you can't serve, right? Right. And I mean, I think that's a lot about what building relationships tends to be, right? Like I had an experience where I referred something out because I wasn't a good fit for it. And they came back to me like a year and a half later and they were still working with the person that I'd referred them to. And they were like, okay, now we're ready to work with you. Like. <laughs> So I don't know, like they didn't forget me is my point. Neither party, like the person who I referred to, of course, knows me and was like, we got to get Emma on board. And then the client as well was like, oh, she helped me so much in finding you. The networking thing is interesting. It's interesting now also in the world where like you can't go to in-person events because I love in-person events and I've met so many people that I've gone on to work with or refer things to, or just like in my world through those in-person events. It's like just a thing that where I thrive, I feel like I build really good relationships from those. And right now we don't have those. I think the final note I want to say here on this is that I think when it comes to relationship building, the big thing that's been useful for me is just acknowledging when somebody does something that's helpful or kind or unexpected. So sometimes for me, that means sending like a handwritten thank you note. Sometimes that's like surprising somebody who sent a really great referral my way with flowers delivered to their house or like sending them Jenny's ice cream in the mail, just making some sort of gesture that acknowledges that that was a really great thing that they did, that you're appreciative and just Rather than being like, thanks, bye, doing something that says this was meaningful to me and I appreciate it because I think the more that you do that, the more people will continue to send those types of things your way because they feel like you appreciate it. They feel value from the exchange. They know that you're not just, like you said, taking the project, running with it and being like, okay, see you later. They also remember you. Like, I think that's one thing for me is that I know so many people. And when I'm making referrals, like a lot of times freelance writers come to me and they're like, hey, if you have any extra work, if you have any extra work, send it my way. And it's like, to be honest, like most of them are not memorable enough, even if they're like great. They're not memorable enough to me and everyone I know that I like think of them top of mind. And so what winds up happening is that I try and refer my coaching clients first And it's not necessarily because I'm like, oh, I like those people more because they paid me money to coach them. It's like, oh, I know this person and I have a relationship with them. They're more memorable to me. There's many ways to sort of be memorable. That's one thing that you can think about as you're networking and building relationships is like, how do I be memorable to someone? How do I do like a little bit more than just sending them an email explaining what I do, right? It might be sending something or 
asking to have a coffee chat or paying for a console or something that gets you in front of the person in a way that is a little unusual and memorable. Yes. I think that that is a really great way to wrap things up. And so if people out there are, in summary, like, what does it mean to build relationships? I think you summed it up really nicely by saying it's basically taking like a service-minded approach to being memorable and acknowledging people who do kind things for you and not just saying like, what's in it for me, but going into those conversations and those exchanges with like, how can I help this other person? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.